You're listening to the Enlightened Working Class, where two middle-aged London-born and bred men discuss a whole range of issues relating to wealth, class, race, gender, history, politics, science, life, death, the universe and everything else under the sun from a working class perspective. subject for the day um, <laughs> it may appear a rather gloomy one for us heroes of the enlightened working class but hopefully we'll bring some humour, clarity and insight to the subject as we talk about the one inevitable thing in life death sorry Dunk, there is another inevitable thing in life change okay, sorry, but that's not the subject today's subject no, 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 is no, no. We'll do, death we'll do change one day <laughs> we, will. we will, we um, will Okay, let's have a few quotes to get us in the mood for death. Okay. If that, well, I don't know if I put that, if <laughs> that's I said cool. it correctly. That's cool. that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, death is not extinguishing the light. It is only putting out the lamp because the dawn has come. That's Rabindranath Tagore, the Indian poet. Not nice. bad. Not nice. bad, quite nice. Yeah, I like that. Life and death are one thread, the same line viewed from different sides. And that's Lao Tzu. He's the um, he's a ta- he's the he's the founder of Taoism, if you like. Okay. Yeah, we, we've we've mentioned him before, haven't we? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was the other one. Oh, right, wrote no, no, the, no, um, the, uh, art the art of war. war. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I looked it up before we came yeah, nice before we work, came man. here. Good work, mate. Okay. Um, here's my favourite one. Very poetic by a poet by W. H. Auden. Death is the sound of distant thunder at a picnic. You like that? Uh, yeah. It doesn't doesn't move you? No, no, no. I, 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 I get let it. me read it again. I get it. I get Death it. is the sound of distant thunder. At a picnic. Very, very ordinesque, but yeah, 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 it's all right. It's not my favourite. Go on, all right, with another one. Uh, the life of the dead is placed in the memory of the living. True? Uh, yes. That's by Cicero, the um, the Roman lawyer. Okay. Another fanny merchant, stating the obvious. <laughs> right, okay. Um, while I thought that I was learning how to live, I've been learning how to die. Leonardo da Vinci. Genius. Uh, much better, much better. You yes. like that, do you? Yeah, I like that, yeah. You're not just going with a kind of genius thing. and. No, um... no, 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 no. That, that, that made a bit more sense to me. Okay. Tell your friend that in his death, a part of you dies and goes with him. Wherever he goes, you also go. He will not be alone. And that's by Krishnamurti, the Indian guru. You like that? Uh, it's all right. Yeah, you've got to know that your friend's going to die there in that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah? no, no, no. Well, yeah, you did in the end, didn't you? Okay. Goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes because for those who love with heart and soul, there is no such thing as separation. And that's Rumi, who's the Sufi Muslim poet. I really like that. I like Rumi. I really like that quote as well. Do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not my favourite Rumi, but still. Yeah. Um, how about this? A normal human being does not want the kingdom of, uh, kingdom of heaven. He wants life on earth to continue. George yeah, Orwell. Yeah. Go well, on, George. George is a top man. And it's, it's true, isn't it? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Ice Cube. Everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. Is that Ice Cube? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, you should not. have told me before we started, tunes. I would have put it down, wouldn't That's I? That's one of his tunes, Everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to it die. It was a good day. Today was a good day. Uh, it's not a good well, day. AK. It's not that one. Huh? It's not that one. <laughs> Get with the quotes done. I've got one, by the way, for you. Go on, then. All right. So my one's a bit of a long one. I want to see if you can remember where it's from. So the father says to the son, everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, 
you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. The oh. son says, ah, oh, but dad, don't we eat the antelope? And the father says, yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass and the antelope eat the grass. And so we are all connected in the great circle of life. You know what? I was initially I was going to say the, uh, the Black Panther movie, but obviously it isn't. No, Simba gives it away, doesn't yeah, it? Lion no, well, King, I'll just, just, just make it easy for you because huh? I didn't yeah. want to embarrass you on air. So <laughs> not today. Yeah? Not today. <laughs> okay. For a change. Last one. Mostly, it is loss which teaches us about the worth of things. True. Uh, yes. Arthur Schopenhauer. I've no idea who that person is. You think I have an idea? Point. 17th century German philosopher. Never know what you've got till it's gone. <laughs> Here's another one. Yes. You can't afford to live in London and you can't afford to die in London. No. And that's me. Oh, right. That's good. That's on point. It's, it's, a, it's the whole thing, isn't it? We talk all the time about the cost of living, but what about the cost of dying? And that's why we're doing this, right? What is the price of death these days? Is this you again? No, that wasn't a quote. I'm just like talking. <laughs> that's yeah, general sorry, conversation. Sorry, sorry. Um, these days I go to more um, funerals and weddings. Yeah, I know you're a wedding DJ on, on occasion, right? Yeah, I appreciate that. You probably uh, do. It's probably the opposite. Yeah. Well, I, I, actually, you've just made me think about something very interesting. Is that now you have I DJ at funerals? It's now a big blues dance, isn't it? People doing the candy dance and stuff. Have you been to any of those kind of funerals? Proper baseline, no, proper no, raves. No, no. Have you not? No. That's how it goes now. In, in, no, in, I have, I have. In, I black, just in a recently. black community, that's how it goes. A big old rave. I went one just recently. And they talk about MC. celebrate the life. And and also not everyone wearing black and all this stuff has changed. It's it's a whole new attitude to, to death, isn't it now? Maybe well, because it costs so much. It's You know what? It's a struggle though anyway, isn't it? Because you... you in the conventional funeral, you go to the church or the crematorium. Um, you listen. I was, you know what? If it's if it's listening to the life story, I I, I always find it fascinating. So do I. Yeah, I've learned. You learn so much, don't you? Yeah, you do. You do. And I think that's a that's a very good thing about it. And then everyone is solemn to begin with, and then in in the what would we, what's it what's it called? It's not the reception, is it? Yeah, they call it the reception. Oh, do they? And afterwards, come to the reception. The wake. Now that's an old school thing, isn't it? The wake. Now they call it the reception. Yeah, you go to reception, you're all mournful at first, and everyone relaxes a bit, and you start. Yeah, yeah and you start. I think increasingly of, um, people go to it. It's a big old booze up. It's a big old party. Yeah, and is there anything wrong with that? No, I think it's wonderful. I think it's a really good thing, and I think I think it's important that we just kind of change uh, our perspective on this and change the way we think about this. All right, because I mean, in the, in the past, and you can the images of the of the widow mm -hmm. um, in black, often for a, a lengthy period of time in uh, various religious traditions around the world. Yeah. Um, but that you know, we sh as we as we've diverged from Christianity here in the UK, mm -hmm. that seems to be going away. Um, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Has. So I suppose that is the question. Is it a good thing? Or well, what, how, should, how should we properly okay, so should I, we properly mourn? Should we properly celebrate? I think one of the first things I need to say is that I have, I don't know if this is the right word, what right way to look at it. I've been incredibly lucky in my life so far. I've not had anyone totally close to me in, in my immediate family die. 
Yeah. Um, the closest I've had is, is, is my favorite aunt, someone who I was very close to, but you know, my parents were alive, my brothers are alive, my, all my family's alive. So I've never actually really experienced that. So I think whatever I say needs to be taken in that context. But looking from the outside, you know, I do get grief and you know, it can be easy when you're at a distance. I think actually when people talk about it, it's not in the wake or the reception or whatever you call it. It's not even in the church. It's in, it must be in those quiet moments yeah, when you're on your own and you're reflecting and you're thinking. That's when it must really hurt. So, you know, yeah, don't yeah. want to go too far on the whole kind of let's celebrate the life kind of thing. Yeah, no, there there is a difference. Um, it, if you know someone vaguely or if it's, or if it's one of your family members um, and... The other difference is the age of the family member. Yes, and and the circumstances and under the which they died. Yeah, and the circumstances of the of the passing. Yes. Um, what you what you would hope generally, live a full life, mm-hmm. um, come to the end of your term, you can accept that in some ways, even though it's not that easy. Um, now I speak from the point of view that both my parents are dead. Um, nearly all my older relatives um, of that generation have died. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I talk about when my father died, um, he was 80, he, had, he, had, no, he was 77 or something like that. It's about 25 years ago now. Um, no, about 20 years ago. It's shameful. I can't remember the day. It's shameful. Um, he'd had a heart attack. I expected him to die. You know, I thought the health's not good and this sort of thing. Yeah. But when he died, there was such a, I felt as if my arm had been cut off. It was, um, you know, yeah. and I had to have some grief therapy afterwards. It was um, not what you think, and you think, "Wow, you know." And yeah. I, th- I think, I think now, I think what I would give just to hear his voice again. Yeah. Um, and I had a tape recording of of him reciting some sort of um, <laughs> some some like semi well some poem in the Scottish vernacular. Yes. Um, and um, and I've lost it and I thought you know I would have liked to have heard that again you know yeah that's 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 really interesting you should say that dunk because it goes back to that quote I think was the last one this whole thing about you never know what you've got until it's gone yeah and uh you know I mean moving away from death and just thinking about my parents and hearing what you're saying now it just makes me think how important it is to really appreciate people and I don't know how well you got on with your dad oh I got on well with my dad you know but sometimes you know you you have very close people to you that for kind of human things or just you know social things you just don't get on with them or they they give you grief or you fall out or whatever and actually I suppose it's, it's when they're gone that you sometimes come to appreciate and value them. And I suppose there's just a, a little cautionary note again, just to think about the people around you that you should care for when no, they're alive. Absolutely, and it's also it's the questions you can no longer ask. Yes. You know? Um, and I've got a little interesting story with this. So my father, I'm the custodian. My father, if he was still alive today, would be 103, I, b- I believe. You know, he's an older parent. Um, from a different generation. Now, I've got the family photographs going back about 150 years. Wow. And I'm looking through, this is the, my Scottish side of my family, the other side's Welsh. Yes. Um, Scottish side, I've got all the photographs. I'm looking for them, I thought, my God, I don't know who I don't know who anyone is, you know? Unless yeah. they've got something written yeah. on the back. Yeah. And even with him, I struggle with someone like the, the, yeah. the kids' pictures. Um, so I thought, this is terrible. And then I remember something, and I remember my dad talking about his um, his second cousin, right? So his second cousin um, is an anarchist, and he got 20 years in 1963 um, for trying to assassinate General Franco in Spain. Okay. 
um, as an 18 year old just missed the execution by Garot um, so I looked him up and um, I found he had a series of books out and the first one was my granny made me an anarchist so I got the book I downloaded the book read the book it transpires his granny as my granny's sister it says where they'd grown up and all this sort of thing I read all three books and it was absolutely fascinating and then I got in touch with him right. and I went down to see him for all the family photographs we went through them all and he was I, able to help was he he was a fabulous help tremendous well it's probably the best day I've had in two years you know yeah. uh, uh, not in two years <laughs> in years yeah. at the time um, and I went out to Scotland and he's sending me texts all the way go and visit this place that place go and see there and I thought wow what a good thing this is you know yeah. really pleased me yeah really pleased me okay so that's um, another person you've got value. but let, let, let's let's just go back to death then and um something that you 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 know a line you were going to go down this whole idea about the cost of death you know how much does it cost to die then Doug? okay I've, I've made a few inquiries um kensal green cemetery which is the big cemetery top cemetery yeah not on the border of Brent, I believe. I don't know if it's is it's, it is it, it, is it Kensington and Chelsea or is it Hammersmith and Fulham? It's Kensington and Chelsea, wouldn't it? Because that's a it's there from Labra Grove. Grove to Scrubs Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's and on it borders there. So frontline grave, which is like near the path, I presume, mm -hmm. twenty grand. Okay. Um, behind that, fifteen grand. Right. Uh, that's fifteen thousand and twenty thousand <laughs> right. non-slang. Okay. All right. But yeah, but, but twenty bags. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 to be clear, these are the top. No, pitch, no, isn't no. They? No, there's no top pitch. It's like sixty-five thousand graves there. You know, you okay. just wander around. Yeah, but they I mean, do tours they're it, the ones they? near the ones where you walk in. Well, and, maybe. And and it's just front line. It could be anywhere. And I suppose the point you're trying to make is, but that is just for the burial. That's just for the burial, and you can't even book, book it in advance, so you can't buy one and then die it ten years later. Can't you do that anymore? No, they stopped you it. You be able to do that. People, yeah, it's, it's, people it's, they've buy, changed it. it's, um, you know, save a space for my wife, all this kind of stuff. They've changed the rules. Is that right? Yeah, too much demand. How much interest in a lot of people dying? More people in more people in London, more people in the UK. Yeah. Where's the space? Yeah. You know, I I went to a friend's funeral, a friend's dad's funeral. Mm -hmm. Um who's a Muslim. Yeah. Um and they really struggled to find somewhere to bury him. Right. In the Muslim tradition you have to get buried pretty quick, is it the next day? It's it's something like that. Yeah. And you've got to be facing Mecca. Right. Apparently. Yeah. Um and we ended up and I thought my god this isn't good we ended up like it was not far off the side of a football pitch up in the Heathrow and I was thinking wow you know it didn't even look like I couldn't see any other graves there you know you think and they told me they really struggled and 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 and, and you say that's just the cost of the burial um but I, I've, I've made a few inquiries as well and uh you know a lot of people I mean 20 grand's a lot of money for a lot of people in this day and age and what I came across was this notion of a pauper's funeral wow so a lot of people die and they ain't got no money so what happens to them what do we just leave them to rot obviously not so the local authority has to pick up responsibility for that and uh, apparently uh, last year local authorities spent something like five million pounds burying people in, in, in what's termed pauper's funerals yeah, well, what, do they, what, do you, what, what does the local authority offer for that, do you know? Yeah, it, it says, I mean, it's a very basic thing. If you go online, there's a few places you can go. There's a whole kind of website called a Public Health Information Funeral Service, you know, and, and it's just very basic, you know. You, you, you know, you get a box, you get buried 
kind of thing but you know no none of the trimmings none no headstone none of that sort of thing no car to because when you talk about the what i'm i'm getting at when you talk about the funeral and the burial are you just talking about the 20 grand is that just for the site where it's you put the, the body plot. in it's for the exactly plot. and it, that, that, there's that, all this stuff that's associated for, it's with for the it. plot and it gives you six foot six okay in length so right. if you're like over six foot six you might be dosh. struggling a bit yeah yeah all maybe right. and then a certain width so i don't i'm not, don't, I'm yeah. not sure about the width yeah you don't really look at people and think how wide are you yeah no you shouldn't that's rude um, um but the point is there is um increasingly a lot of people who can't afford that 20 grand if it's 20 grand just for the plot you know you could be looking at 50 grand i mean it, as you say it's probably the cost of weddings these days um so lots of people die with no um no resources to cover that cost and uh the state has to pick it up yeah so it's it's my understanding of this um burial why burial why burial why mm -hmm. buried in the ground I mean, you can be cremated. Yeah, um, yeah. Do, do you know anything of the history of cremation? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're going to tell me, but I, I, but it's interesting because um, I know some people in my family, and 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 I, and I, I, I suppose this again is probably some kind of Caribbean tradition, although I'm not 100 sure, are like dead against that. And I suppose dead against it. Very interesting. Right, Very sorry, interesting. Pun, pun not intended. But the point is that um, you know, I, I, I we'll come on to this in a little while, but you know what happens because we don't know what happens when you get to the other side and your ashes that's not a good look is it don't yeah. <laughs> well yeah you know what S strangely you've hit the nail on the head oh have i yeah you, you've hit the nail on the head cool. the reason why we've, we've got burials in this country is for religious reasons um which which center around the resurrection of the dead mm. Um, if you think you're going to come back at the at the um, God, I'm forgetting my Christianity. If I ever knew it, yeah, um, you rise from the graves. Yeah, you know, a bit like Jesus. It, exactly like yes. Jesus. Yeah. So, with that in mind, and with the church dominant in the country, yeah, um, any cremation that was practiced in earlier times, and we're talking like fifth or sixth century here, yeah, went out of favor, became obsolete, yeah, and was against the law. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Right. I think why I say it was against the law um, was there was like a, there was a there was a case in 1883, um, a Welsh guy who styled himself as um, chief bard of the Druids, which is a good one because they've got no Druid history. You can obviously say mm -hmm. you're the top man there. Yeah. Um, he buried his five his five months old son. Uh, he cremated his yeah. five months old son. He was arrested. Right. Um, called himself a Druid High Priest of Wales. Uh, his son's name, um, funnily enough, was uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, right, okay. Um, went on trial, spent time inside, eventually won the case. Asked for three and a half grand, three and a half bags of sand, three and a half thousand pounds in uh, costs, mm -hmm. and they awarded him a farthing. But he won the case. Yeah. Now that's the sort of um, apart from there being cremation societies talking yeah. about this sort of thing, that um, that's the first sort of uh, legal challenge to it, which they win. Um, Nineteen oh two, the Cremation Act is passed, which legalizes cremation. Um, and it's interesting if I can just find this, um, the society that, that and, and and the individuals that um, back cremation as a form of um, getting rid of the remains of people um they did it on these grounds and uh, they 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 said that it would 
prevent premature burial. That means people being buried when they're alive, um, alive and coming yeah. back to life. Yeah. How about them getting burnt while they're alive? Yeah, that's some. Yeah, there's something else. That is. <laughs> okay. um, Just have you ever seen that Steptoe episode when he gets uh, buried? I love Steptoe. Huh? I can't remember that one. They have, they have the funeral procession goes on the Harrow Road next to Kensal Green Cemetery, right, and he yeah. suddenly comes out of the coffin. Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remember it. Right, yeah. so Step-tons. prevent premature burial would reduce the expense of funerals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, what we're talking about. This yeah. is this is in the this Martin. is for the 1902 yeah, Act. Yeah. In, yeah. Would spare mourners the necessity of standing exposed to weather during the internment. Okay. And the ashes would be safe from vandalism as they're kept in urns. Yeah. Well, we get vandalism of graves yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was also another bold argument which which shows these people were looking at the future that the ashes might be used as fertilizer. You like that? Good work. Very good work. Yeah, I do like that. Um, but I mean. So, so this whole thing about Christianity and this whole concept of you're going to need your body on the other side. Um, and I say we will come back to it because I've got a sort of another take on it. But my initial take on it is that we are our body. We are our mind. And my take on it is that actually what happens when you die, it's all of that that dies. Because what we really are is our spirit whatever that means and you know don't ask me any clever questions about because I, I can't really necessarily explain what I think about that yeah. but it, it's like there's an essence to you which is more than your physical being and more than your mental capacity and I think that is life really so I ain't got a problem with cremation from that point of view but I could be wrong yeah no no nor have I absolutely um the other argument is uh, if you're talking about rebirth or coming back to life is that you're reborn uh, through your children through DNA yeah a part of you goes on saying that we could be cloned couldn't we well in this day and age we we, 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 we certainly could um, but but let's just go back to this point about um, about the cost of uh, funerals because uh, I, I was thinking about this and uh, I got reminded of uh, uh, a cousin I've got up in Birmingham who once told me a story. It was the first time I'd ever heard this um, about um, a guy who died in very tragic circumstances. And and he said that he went to the funeral and the funeral was in the back garden. So this person, um, the, the wife, decided to bury the husband in the back garden. And I just I was thinking about that and I thought, God, that's a bit... You know, yeah. and if we're talking about space, and if we're talking about if Kensal Green Cemetery are going to cost charge you twenty grand, I've got a perfectly good lawn out there, mate. Do you know what I mean? At the back, well, you space, at the moment. If you, if you dig it up, you won't be so great, would it? Yeah, but at the back, I've got enough room. I've got enough room for the whole family if it comes down to it. You got a shed at the back. Well, the shed can go anyway. Dunk, stop, stop distracting me. The point I'm trying to make is that I think people don't realise that actually legally, you're perfectly entitled to do that. Number one, and actually, it ain't that hard. And apparently just doing a little bit of research about it you know there'll be plenty of objections and people talk about things like planning permission and a council will return you subsection bylaw this that and the other obviously your neighbors ain't going to probably be too impressed but actually legally it's quite an easy thing to do would you think about doing that well, you, you're talking about if you've got a grass garden, yeah? Well... You if you've got a load of concrete out Yeah, there. but lots of people... Well, I'm sure... Well, right, there's a carport. <laughs> lots of people do get buried under well, the patio. We've got to put a motor. <laughs> now, forget about that, Dunk. Let's just, for a moment, suspend flipping, you know, you being difficult. Imagine... <laughs> <laughs> imagine you just got a lawn in your back garden, which lots of people do have. Um, why would it be so unreasonable to say, well, rather than spend 20 grand on a plot in 
in Kensal Green, why not I just stick him in there? I love it, Pass. What about we sell, sell the house? Eh? Good yeah. point. Now, this is an issue. This was raised. You don't have to tell them. <laughs> suppose, listen, supposing you... Legally, you don't have to tell them. Right, what, suppose, actually, legally, maybe. Supposing with this podcast, we get on a few issues, right? You start to get a following, like, you know, like, and you almost become like a religious leader and you get pilgrims. They might come and want to see your grave. Yeah. What, what, in your what? garden, through yeah. someone's back... Well, through, no, no, they don't, no, no. Well, they might want back passage. <laughs> they might want to do that, but they don't have to do that. I mean, well, you no know, one has to do anything. Exactly, but you know, might people might want to. People might want to do that, but you know, then it will be trespass, and I'll do them. Yeah, you well, know. you know what? I mean, if you're landed gentry, um, yeah, that's probably what you do, isn't it? You would, you you have your own um, yeah, exactly. graveyard. Exactly. Um, so why wouldn't you? Why? Because I suppose the point I'm trying to get at, and and it's a thing about the way we think about stuff. We wouldn't do it because we're scared of the dead. Yeah. We got issues with dead people, dead things, and you know, and and that's a way of thinking. Now, again, in Caribbean tradition, um, I understand that you know you would probably go and dress the body, do it, do it up, you know, comb the hair, all this kind of stuff. Now, as a child, I can't think of anything more scary watching bloody Peter. Cushing, is that him? Christopher Lee, and watching all these horror films and getting all yeah, Hammer Horror, exactly. Wow. So our our perception of death, whereas I think in other cultures, death is just a thing, yeah. you know, and people can can deal with it, and therefore you might have, you know, people buried on on your land because actually it's their land, it's home. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a question of owning the land as well. Yeah, well this well, is this is the they like this in the Native American kind yeah, of philosophy, and it's like that don't in they? The Caribbean Who owns as well. the land? Well, if yeah. you look at it, if you look at it yeah. logically, yeah, that's that's a good way of looking at it. Yes. Should we have a little look at um, uh, burials around the world? Yeah, go for it. Man. Okay. For it. So I've got a good one here actually. Um, uh, right, I thought we'd go to to Mama Africa. Yeah, that's go a, back to where it all began. Place. That's a beautiful place. Yeah? I'm going to go back to where it all began when you finish. Go on, go. All on. right. So in my in my in my limited research of a day looking at um, death around the world, yeah, um, I came across something in Ghana. Now apparently in Ghana they're doing um, custom-made hand-carved coffins, which may or may not reflect the life you've lived. Right. You like the sound of this? I do. A fisherman mm -hmm. is buried in a fish coffin. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you could, it doesn't have to be like a kind of Mickey Mouse fish. Going a bluefin tuna, <laughs> 2,000 pounds, baby. Noble fish, super fast, ocean right, predator. Okay, okay. Yeah, what's wrong with that? So what, 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 is that, is this for a, a, yeah, a watery burial? But it's, no, it's no, no, you get buried no, you get buried, a, you get buried normally. You get, you know, yeah, you follow, a follow a procession, like behind a giant fish. Right, okay, like that. yeah. Um, pilot in a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, minicab driver in a car. Yeah. Drives a Skoda. Yeah. But for the funeral, <laughs> coming but, in a bimmer. Yeah, but the the thing is, something I'm losing this now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into it anymore. Can, can I, I have a few more yeah, guys? Yeah, right. yeah, but if you can have a coffin, man. I mean, come on. Well, you're talking about celebration. Hey. Yeah, New Orleans jazz funerals. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. What was that film? Was it uh, was it Diamonds Are Forever? Living yeah, Let Die. Yeah, what, I think it's Living Let Die. One of them. Yeah, one of them. One of them. Roger Moore, James Bondy type films. Yeah. yeah so yeah, and that but that goes on. It's not. It's not a myth. That's what happens. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, happen in New Orleans, yeah, but it, yeah, you know, they, yeah. it does. It does take place. Yeah. I've got a few others. Um, about so you lived your life. You're a cleaner. Right. Giant Hoover. <laughs> not a Dyson because I left the country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not Dyson. All right. Dyson, footballer. Bad. Yeah. You're a footballer. Yeah. Football. All right, what about the six foot six thing? Well, big football. Yeah, it's going to have to be. No, I'll pretty, tell you what, yeah, you're right, you're right. Better if yeah. it's a rugby player, yeah. yeah. Better shape to <laughs> okay. the ball. All right, cool. Um, golfer in a golf bag. 
Okay. Buy your 20 grand plot. Three of you. Yeah. Standing up. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. can get with that. What do you think? You fancy that? Nah. What would you have? Nah. Me, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'd have. Um, I think I would probably... But saying that, somebody's... You're gone. I'd probably want to keep it simple. I think I'm probably up for a bit of cremation myself. Uh. And I know that's not... You know, my family probably wouldn't check for that, but... I just think it just, you know, and, and people come into your grave and all that kind of stuff. I think, you know what, when I'm gone, mate, I'm out of here. See ya. I'm going to go do my thing. And I might come back. So I'm not so precious about the, the tombstone. Here live Pasco Sawyer's whatever, sunset and sun. It's not for you, Pasco. It's not for you. It's not for you. Sunrise. Sunset, it's not for sorry. you. Who's it for? It's for the family. I know. For the people you left behind. Yeah, but the thing about it is, is that, the way I look at life, I mean, no disrespect for my family who I obviously love and care for, but, you know, when I'm gone, I'm gone. Do you know what I mean? They've got to go do their thing. Yeah, i tell you what, you know, j just going back to what we said earlier, right? Yeah. And I said I'd like to hear my father's voice. Yeah. In some ways, and this is really quite a morbid thought. Yeah. That I quite enjoy the concept of this podcast, that it's a... It's a, a legacy. It's a legacy of your viewpoint, Indeed. you know, Absolutely. That, that people can listen to. Yes, um, yeah. You know, and I do see it a bit, I do see it a bit like that, but without being morbid. Yeah, but, but the thing is, no, I don't think that Especially is Especially with my kind of, you know, my giant head no. these days. <laughs> no, I'll make sure your head's in the next picture, Dunk. But anyway, the, the thing is, but I'd rather they listen to that than go to some cold bit of stone in, in Kensal Green or wherever it is, with some grass growing and put and, and think that's me that's not me yeah as i said i'm yeah. the spirit i've got a solution for you okay. i've got a solution for you apparently yeah. in the indonesian hill tribes yeah you die they keep the body in a, in a room yeah well I'm, for, for a couple I, of years i'm definitely not up for, for that. a couple of years what's wrong with that I'm definitely you were just talking about yeah, yeah you know cold no, no, it's not cold no, 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 you've no, got no, your no. own room you're yeah. in bed <laughs> no 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 when i'm gone i'm gone and as i said for me it's all about my spirit and hopefully my spirit lives on and if i'm really lucky and i've got this right my spirit will come back can i say a little thing can i read you a little thing quickly right sure. so you you went back to the motherland to africa and uh you know people often forget um when they talk about greco-roman and, and greek civilizations and roman civilizations that actually they say themselves they got that from egyptian civilization which is probably the first of of these great ancient civilizations and i i, I love their their version of things because for them it's all about fundamental belief in immortality and that they talk about death as being um, a temporary interruption. Yeah. And I love the, the 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 story about about what's meant to happen. I'll read it very 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 quickly. Is that you know when you die, you go on this journey and you have to get to this place to the realm of uh, Duat, the land of the gods, and uh, and then that's where it's decided what happens to you. And uh, when you get there, it says here the dead perform the weighing of the heart ceremony to judge whether the person's earthly deeds were virtuous. The weighing of the heart was overseen by the jackal-headed god Anubis, and the judgment was recorded by Tooth, or Toth. Toth. Toth, yes, the god of writing. Now, this is what I like. 42 gods listened to the confessions of the deceased who claimed to be innocent of crimes against the divine and human social order. I love that. The person's heart was then placed on a scale counterbalanced by a feather that represented my heart, the goddess of truth and justice. 
if the heart was equal to the weight of the feather, the person was justified and achieved mortality. If not, it was devoured by the goddess Amimet. This meant that the person would not survive in the afterlife. When a pharaoh passed the test, he became one of the gods, uh, the gods Osiris. He then travelled through the underworld on a solar bark accompanied by the gods to reach paradise and attain everlasting life. Now, I'm hoping that when my heart is weighed against a feather, that I'll get on the other side and I'll be back. You know what I mean? My body may be burnt or whatever, although to be fair, the Egyptians were very clear about this and that's the whole mummification thing. You gotta keep your body in case you need it when you come back. Yeah. But I'm less worried about that. I just like the concept that if I live a good life and if I do the right things by humanity, that will be recognized when I get there and I will come back because I kind of like it here. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> that's very nice, very nice. I thought we might we might talk about otherworldly experiences. Have you ever had any? Something that you would define as not normal, can't be explained, not clearly anyway. Yes, I have had one. Would you like to expound? Yeah, one night, one summer's night, I don't know how long ago, 10, 15 years ago, I was sleeping in the, in the evening. It wasn't like in the night, like, I don't know, 10 o'clock. For some reason, I was actually in my bed. Can't even remember why it was. And uh, I woke up and I was paralysed. I couldn't move. But you were really paralyzed. I was, I was, I was paralyzed, and I could hear this sound outside my house. Like it felt like a helicopter at the time. Yeah. And I don't know how long this went on for, but I remember this getting, really happened. This yeah? just genuinely happened to me. Okay. I got very anxious, and I just, I was just paralyzed. I couldn't move, and I wanted to get up, get away, get away from whatever it was. I felt there was something going on, and all I could hear was this noise outside. And then, as quickly as it came, it was gone. And I've never been able to explain it. I've never been able to understand it. I was quite, I'm not going to lie to you, I was quite scared. Well, it's not, surpri not surprising, is it? After that, but yeah, I mean, it's just gone away now, but it's something that always sticks with me. And I always think, think well, what was that all about? And you hear people talk about paranormal experiences and out of body experiences and stuff like that. And actually the descriptions I hear sound very similar to that. But I've no explanation. Nothing particular happened. Nothing seemed to happen after that. But it, it did happen. Yeah, very odd. Very odd. Well, I've had one as well. And I, I thought I'd bring it up because of today's uh, subject, which we, which we haven't mentioned yet, but we'll, we will do. Um, six years ago to the day today, I was, uh, I was staying around at my daughter's house. My daughter was ill and um, I was asleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night eyes wide open just like that and I'd had a vivid dream and the dream was that I was writing my friend's eulogy uh, this is my childhood friend uh, I'd known him since the age of five and it was so vivid and I thought there I am I saw myself tap tapping away so when it but as soon as as soon as it was like a reasonable time in the morning I rang him up no answer I rang him all through the day I couldn't, I couldn't uh, leave the house. My daughter was had a fever and all this sort of thing. So the next day, I got some of my friends to go down to where he lived and um, look for him. They went down there. Didn't get an answer. They said to me, don't worry about it. He's probably gone away or something like that. I then sent another two friends down there. They went down there, same thing, no answer. At the end of the week on the Friday, um, 
with a with a friend of mine i went down to where he lived and i probably got a bit more experience in like kind of uh with my with my with my background about getting into houses and all that mm-hmm. jumped over the back wall called the police we should just make sure that your background that people know your background uh, yeah, as my a police, police background officer, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 don't give the wrong impression yeah yeah anyway we finally got the his um the door open to his place and he was there dead on the bed wow um and i thought wow and he had died they reckoned three days earlier Amazing. You know? um and that was my experience i thought we'd we'd we'd, we'd start with that yeah and no, i think i think that stuff is really interesting um and i know in my my parents uh caribbean tradition you know they're very mindful of the way the dead talks and engages with the living um and uh, i mean i've not heard a story like that as such but you know i i find it very believable and and very real yeah i mean you know the, i could put in a, a, a few kind of uh caveats with that you know his health hadn't been good um, yeah. you know these things pl- play on your mind i used to speak yeah. to him nearly every day he'd ring me up you yeah. know um so it's in your mind but yeah. you know you went oh dear oh dear yeah. Not good, not good. Yeah, or, or or good, really, because, you know, we all have to go at some point. And I suppose if 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 that sort of thing is going to happen, it, it does kind of... Because it, it makes me think that your friend engaged or communicated with you, which I think in a, in a peculiar way is actually a beautiful thing. Country roads, take me home to the place I belong. We've talked about um, burial. Yeah, to a certain degree, we've talked about cremation mm-hmm. um, in the land. What about a sea? I think it's three quarters of the earth is covered in sea. Are we should we be using the sea? So I've done a bit of research into it, right? And um, burial at sea cost for a license is £175. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. That's, That's almost as cheap as doing it in your garden. Exactly, but you don't sell the sea, do you? The sea no. is the sea, right? No. Okay. because no, someone's making money out of this. this is the other point we forgot to make those bloody funeral whatever they're called they're making a mint aren't they out of, out of, out of people dying yeah death is, death is a lucrative yeah. business right so here's a few people that have been buried at sea right um, Alfred Hitchcock Janis Joplin Edmund Hillary Robin Williams but here's the key one right the actor John Laurie do you know who he is I do but I can't think right Isabel. from Dad's Army oh right that guy yeah which one the Scottish one, the one that says, oh, we're doomed, we're yeah, all yeah, doomed. Yeah yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was his profession in Dad's Army? Butcher. Undertaker. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, so he quality. knows, right? He knows. Right? Quality. He's seen the light. Okay? I like that. I like that. He's seen the light. I think I want to get buried at sea now, Dunk. Is it, uh, is it like you get on a ship like they do it in the films and then you just sort of get tipped over and you slide down? You know, I, I quite like that. I tell you what, you're going, you're going beyond yourself, right? Because like, there's, a, there's a few little caveats about being buried at sea. Yeah, all right. right. So okay. it's 175 pounds. Sounds, sounds great, yeah? Yeah. All right. The coffin you use must be made of solid softwood and must not contain any plastic, lead, copper, or zinc. Must have between 40 Environmentally and... friendly. What's wrong with that? I haven't finished. Sorry. No. It must have between 40 and 50 millimeter uh, and 50, 50 millimeter two inch holes drilled throughout the corners, butt jointed and strengthened with mild steel, right angle brackets, screwed internally, or substantial wooden bracing struts. 50 times 38 millimetres. It must have at least 200 kilograms of iron, steel or concrete. 
clamped to the base of the coffin with brackets of 10 millimetres, mild steel bars or blocks of weak concrete mix. Sounds like something that gangsters would do for you. Weight must be distributed evenly to prevent the coffin from turning to the vertical. Two long mild steel, steel bands must run from the top to the bottom of the coffin. The coffin and any inner box or lining must be made from natural, non-toxic and biodegradable materials. They must both be able to withstand any impact and be able to carry the body quickly to the seabed. What is this nonsense? What is this? What is this nonsense? You've got it there. You've got a touch, 175 quid, right? Yeah. And then suddenly you've got to have this coffin, you know, yeah. that requires yeah. some genius. You've got to carry between two and 400 kilograms yeah. of weight to weigh yeah. it down. It's all about the cost of death. What is this? All, th- all about the cost of death. Right, right. It, no, it is, right? So what we found with cremation, there was a society campaigning for this, you know, yeah. for years. And they changed it. And it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? What's a cremation? It's about one and a half thousand or something yeah. like that. Yeah your ashes anywhere yeah so what i see in this sea burial thing yes is a business opportunity okay uh, right? i thought you'd get to that though. right all that bit what is what is what is a coffin why do you have to go in a coffin just wrapped up right yeah well you know? no 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 but to be fair you might just float because you've seen pass. It in the films dead pass, bodies pass, they just pass, float pass pass you don't need a coffin and oh, 400 right. you could, you, kilograms you could of tie weight some cement around there's your already things that go down like that okay crab pots right right okay yeah you put the bodies in the crab pot, yeah. it goes down, come back a week later, you've got yeah. a load of crabs in there. Okay. Right? But here's the business opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Me and you, yes, we get into the burial at sea business. I've oh. thought it out. Listen, I've thought it okay. out, right? Yeah. I've got a name for it, right? So you go out, you've got your bodies on board, right. cruise ship, yeah? Yes. Cruise ship, bodies on board, you get one of them slides, you yes. know, like you're getting the, the water parks. Yeah. Body goes down a slide, everyone cheers. Oh, live. Look at the splash <laughs> yeah. on that one. <laughs> right, okay. What do you think? Uh, right, hang, hang on a second. I haven't finished yet, okay, right? Sorry, sorry. And I've got a name for it. Yes. Duppy Cruises. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Duppy. Okay. Duppy, Duppy Cruises. Okay. No, listen, listen. I've yes. got, I'll go further with it, right? You okay. like that? Duppy Cruises. Isn't that catchy? No, no, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I can Duppy, see it work. Tell them what yeah. Duppy means, oh, Pat. Duppy is a, it's, it's a, a Caribbean, definitely Jamaican word for ghost, shall we say. Ghost Cruises, right? Yeah. I've got a jingle, right? Yes. I've got a jingle to go with it. Okay. Sales pitch. Yes. So imagine a guy, could be here, could be in um, could be in Kingston, in Montego Bay. He's got one of those things on, you know, like the uh, um, what are they called? The white cloth. The, no, the advertisement on both sides. You put it over your. Oh head. yeah, 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 yeah. What are they called? Clipboard, sandwich board. Clipboard. Sandwich board. Sorry. Yeah. Sandwich board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's singing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mike. Yes. He wanders along and he's singing. Death yeah. cruise. Death <laughs> cruise. Daylight come, but you don't go home. He's a Thank you for spending your time with us in the next episode. We'll be putting the world of politics, technology, education, religion, etc. to right. And we're looking forward to you being with us when we do that. Thank you. If you live that long. Hide the deadly black tarantula.